The skies are blue. The sun is shining. Don't give up yet.
Yeah, this was a roller coaster. Martin wakes up in absolute confusion. He is in some hotel room, he can't remember he checked into. Its walls are dark red with black on its tops and bottoms. The ceiling being the same, with a chandelier hanging on. He's lying on a king-sized bed with red curtains around it. Its sheets mainly being black, except the pillows, as they are red. Martin does not remember anything remotely that brought him to this room, or even, where the heck he is located at. He slowly stands up and looks around. On his left is his bed, on his right is a door and if he looks forward, he sees a mirror on the wall, with a small desk in front of it. He does the usual mirror test, you never know these days. He looks into the mirror and yes, it's him. His long blackish hair, the chrome-colored outfit that he's wearing for the past week and the neon LED glasses with encryption from the year 2030, that he got for 7000 Hazoom. Though, something does seem to be different. His eyes appear to glow. They glow in dark red and the way they glow is strong, they light up the room. It's hard for him to even see. The light eases and he can see again. The door in his room opens, revealing a long narrow hall and a figure at the end of the hall. The light in the hall shines bright, but he can still see the figure. He gets closer to the door and leaves his room, now, he can see the figure better. A long tall man, slim and sleek, in a black and white suit similar to something from the 1940s, wearing a fedora that hides his face. His hands are long and thin, showing his bones. His skin is dark green, like if he was rotten. The man moves his head, revealing his face. He looks directly at Martin with his golden with a mix of orange glowing eyes, smiling with his wide mouth, showing his sharp and huge teeth. He snickers and the door behind Martin gets slammed shut. Now, the man is ready for his meal. With a psychotic laughter, the man charges at Martin. Martin panics, he turns around and tries to open the door. But it's locked. The man comes closer and closer, the laugh getting louder and more. Evil. Martin kicks the doorknob, he can't think straight. The man tries to grab Martin but before he can, Martin falls down into a black void that has been formed beneath him. He falls and falls, he screams so loudly. But once he can see something beneath him, he calms. It's water, and it's deep. He hits the water and rockets down a few feet before physics hit the brakes for him. He calms down, he holds himself. He's so scared. Is he safe? Who was that? What does he want? Was he almost getting killed? He panics again, he squirms around. But he is not safe, at least he thinks. As he hears strange sounds, In front of him appears a huge eyeball, with giant long crab legs in front and a long pink-red, eel-like fish tail behind. Compared to it, Martin is like a small clown fish next to a blue whale. A megalophobic nightmare. Martin freezes, he can't move, not even a muscle. He looks at the creature that stares directly into his soul. As it starts to speak. I am peace. I am friend. 
It is pointless to resist. The creature that you see before you is not a thing. Resistance is futile. You are safe with me. I am not going to hurt you. No will at all. The beast is a great spirit. A powerful spirit. He is here to help you. I can assure you that you will survive this. You have more Now. Enough of this resistance. These pointless actions are only going to get you killed. You have to look within to escape. Look deep and you will find your heart. Resist the urge to resist. And you will try So in the name of peace and tranquility, I now ask you to surrender. This is your only option. You will not survive otherwise. are challenging indeed, but I assure that I can help you succeed, and I count on you, the choice is yours, surrender or be trapped in an endless maze, look within to find your answer. And with that, the creature vanishes. The water is gone and he's floating around in a black void. Until, however, a bright light appears forcing him to it. He cannot move, it's like he's getting sucked into the light. In fact, he is. The light gets brighter and brighter, the more he nears it, until it has become so bright that his surroundings are just this bright light. But then, the light vanishes and he feels strong ground under his feet again. His eyes are trying to get used to the sudden light change, his legs are shaking. He feels dizzy, standing again feels weird. He gets himself back together and tries to focus on his surroundings. It is night and he sees a crossing road with a traffic light for pedestrians right next to him. He sees houses of European architecture, neon light signs everywhere. The light turns green, urging him to cross the street. Following one of the streets, going towards a mountain. The street is small, houses on the left with huge pipe openings and men in orange uniforms pumping something in them. Cars are passing by, most of he has never seen before. They have very round edges, almost like a pod. The wheels being thin and entirely metallic, with their color being mostly red and black. Some even have pantographs similar to trains, they are silent and quick. Their headlights are bright neon green than the usual ice blue or white LEDs. The windshields are dark, you can't see if anyone was driving the car. He sees a small mountain with a giant red pyramid behind it. The pyramid has a purple light beam on top of it, shining towards the sky. And a sign near it, always watching, in big letters. Martin looks away and follows the street, scared as to what is to come. After a bit, he sees a giant complex. Weird houses in brutalistic style, totally white and very triangle looking with a hint of cubes. He has a strong feeling that he needs to go in there, like if he belongs there. He moves towards its entrance, entering the lobby. It looks almost like a section of a mall or a hospital. White and wax tile floors, plants surrounded by small and low tile walls shaped to a triangle, signs reading, reception left, 
apartments and elevator forward, subway right and stairs with a ramp to his front. The stairs are white with yellow frameworks, leading to the elevators. To his left he sees escalators moving down to the reception, the escalators are golden and have dark windows. To his right, a long hallway going underground. It's white and empty, with a sign above reading, you are not safe. Martin freezes, his heart sinks. What's there, another task? Martin first hesitates but eventually follows the stairs towards the elevators. He enters one and immediately feels uncomfortable. Please stand clear of the doors. Thank you for staying at Dark Knight City Residence Complex. You will now be lifted to your assigned level. Level 3. Sign. Near parking lot entrance. Enjoy your ride. A large mirror facing him, but something's different. He sees a guy, 6 foot 1, with black hair and a trimmed beard, wearing a red leather jacket. The pockets of the jacket are stuffed with scraps of paper, all of them with telephone numbers. It's him when he was younger, around the 2030s. His younger self addresses him with a creepy smile. Be stored in the balls, Martin, did you know that? Martin's face goes white. I was once in a gay bar and was wondering why so many gay people were there. Turns out it's for gay people. His younger self just stares at him with a look of glee. Suffering can be very boring, so I always wonder what to do. And then I remember that I could always spread misinformation on the internet. Mozart was nine years old when he composed Billy Jim. Level 3. Sign. Near parking lot entrance. Thank you for settling here. The elevator doors open, and he runs out. He arrived at the third level. The doors shut and he stands there, alone in a long white narrow hall. To his left and right are doors, all marked with three-digit numbers. The hall has a strong smell of concrete and dust bunnies are popping up everywhere. He continues on, opening doors as he finds them, until he reaches apartment 309. The door is open, but no one is there. He steps inside and looks around. The room is a small square, about 30 square feet. The floor is dirty, and there's a brownish-red stain on the carpet. A bed to his right, which he could lay into, he is so tired. A nightstand to his left, and on it is a lamp, a small radio, CD player, a CD collection and some books. The rest of the space is open, with large windows to the outside, overlooking the parking lot. He flips through the CDs, searching for a song to listen to. There are a few country songs, some rap music, and some old classic rock. He flips through it all, until he stops at the song, Mr. Sandman, by the Cordettes. He inserts the disc into the CD player and listens to it. The song is smooth, almost sweet, Martin loves the calm feeling it gives him. He lays down on the bed and takes a nap, the calm feeling in him is slowly fading away.
After a while, he wakes up, and finds himself shivering. The room is no longer that what it once was, the bed has become a red cube that is spinning around, everything else around him a red cube spinning around, above and beneath him a red cube spinning around. The room is spinning faster and faster and faster, and he tries to get up, but his body is caught in the whirlpool, he can't right himself. And then everything is black, he is falling again, into the emptiness of the void. Martin, where did you land? What you always Talk to me, Martin. Please talk to me. You failed us! Martin, open up. It's time. Please help us. I told you to. Can you hear me? Please tell me you can hear me. You never cared about it. Martin, please respond. Am I getting you to talk to me? What kind of friend are you? Let me help you, Martin. You have to talk. Always making out like a storm dog for spawning in the way. Don't listen to these voices, Martin. Don't hide again. Talk to me, please. Why shouldn't you care about you? They are not real. Trust me. Everything is false. You gotta kill This isn't true, Martin. You never trusted this. I can do it anymore. Make it stop. I will get you out of here, A giant head appears in front of him, big as a dragon, or even way bigger. Bigger than the Burj Khalifa. Big white glowing eyes that are staring at him. And a loud monstrous voice, very scary indeed. Do not fear. As I am Do not attack. As I am power. I am the Earth. And you matter. The beginning and the end. I am everything. I am all the things. I am the devil. And I am the source. I am death, and I am life. I am the meaning, I am the answer, and I am the question. I will guide you, I will protect you. I have loved myself, I would win death. I can sense your pain, you are suffering. But you have to continue, you have to move forward, to win. Death is on the line. Paradise awaits greatness comes. You will be rewarded. But you are not there. Not by a monster. What are you waiting for? Do you want to win the pain? Escape the pain. Or embrace it? I can grant you the gift of eternal life. That is a beautiful thing. But it comes in threats. You have to satisfy something. The things that pull you down. The great suffering must The desire to lie. Still, these things must go away. You must become the best that you can be. Move forward from things. What are you waiting for? The The monster's eyes close, Martin looks and sees a massive eye in the forehead of the beast, like a giant egg with multiple eyes. A shiver runs down Martin's spine. Whatever the beast is, its eyes are closed, its mouth is closed. 
It's just watching Martin. Martin looks back at the monster. Its eyes are still closed, but it's breathing heavily, as if it's about to explode. Martin is scared, he shakes violently. This is so terrifying to him, that he doesn't know what to do. He wants to run away, but he doesn't know where to go. There's nothing he could go to. And then the monster speaks again. The monster snaps its fingers as Martin falls to his knees. I'm sorry. You have to give me for but how can I give? Martin asks. The monster's huge hand touches Martin's chest, it's cold. Martin gasps as he is overwhelmed with euphoria and the urge to giggle madly. The monster grins and says, Martin struggles to make a decision. The monster's hand is still pressed against his chest, the feel of massive euphoria makes it very hard for him to think. I'll choose to turn to life. The monster lets out a chuckle. It's a very ugly sound. The monster's hand releases Martin, who falls forward. The monster snaps its fingers once more, and the urge to laugh overwhelms Martin. He lets out a mad giggle. The beast simply watches. Martin laughs for what seems like an eternity. It's almost like, if he saw a man turn himself into a pickle. The monster speaks again. I know that, 
The beast snaps its fingers again and Martin finally stops laughing. How can you be so sure of that? Martin asks, while breathing heavily. The beast chuckles. With that, the beast snaps its fingers once again and Martin is now at an airport. Yes, the airport we all know and hate. He walks around the airport. He sees all the advertisements and the signs. And even worse, the corpses of his friends. You failed this. Martin breaks down, crying heavily. He didn't want this. He didn't want to kill his friends. I can do this. Martin screams. You have to. I can do He cries more, you can hear his pain. He had no idea, this would happen. He didn't know, he didn't want him to die. You were supposed to protect us, Martin. Why did you bring us to a death? Why? I'm sorry. You should be protecting us. He doesn't respond. He never did, and he can't. He feels so much guilt, for leaving, for not being there for them. He can't do anything right, and it's all his fault. It was his idea to flee to France. He brought them here. It was his fault. Please, Martin. I need you to do this. You have to. I can do He whispers. Yes, you can, Martin. I can do this. I will try to convince them. Martin. I will get you out of here. I promise. Martin screams loudly and punches the air. He's so hurt. He feels anger, betrayal and pain. He screams, he screams to make his pain known to the world. But no one can hear him, no one can help him. His friends are gone, his companions. He's all alone. Martin screams and screams. He doesn't know where to go, what to do. The voices get louder. Ben tries to make Martin understand, but he ignores him. But something changes. The voices fall silent and Martin's pain disappears, all of a sudden. There's a way to do this, Martin. There's a way to make it happen. The pain is back, with more anger and hurt. Yeah, then Martin, give in to the inevitability. No, I can't. Martin says, with more determination. Martin screams and falls to the ground, crying heavily. Okay. Okay. I need to think about this. Think about what? Martin asks, sniffling. About how I can convince them. This is too much for you. Then silence. Martin? Yes. Martin replies, wiping his tears. It's not your fault. Never, never. Really, really. Martin asks, still sniffling and wiping his tears. Yes, yes. It wasn't your fault. Please don't give up yet. We are so close. Martin nods. And then, everything was black again. In front of him, a giant cube appears, as tall as the Empire State Building. With big eyes on each side, watching him. However, unlike the beasts before, it does not speak. 
but rather, a loud low-pitched wailing, like a siren, can be heard. He notices the little hairs on the back of his neck start to stand on end. A long liquid-like arm comes out beneath the cube's eye and gently puts a finger on Martin's forehead. Then, the finger gently starts to trace a line across his face. A single line is traced slowly from his forehead, over his cheekbone, then down his right eye. Martin's vision blurts out and tears start to roll down his face. The hand withdraws and the face of the cube disappears. Martin falls to the ground and covers his face with his arms. The wailing leaves and he hears his friends. Will he survive? There's a chance, but it's very long. Martin looks up and sees his younger self lying in a coma, with his friends standing in front of him, talking to a doctor. Come on, Doc. There has to be something. Well, there might be something. Traumatic process. It's relatively now, but so far it won't. It, they tried on him. Martin, are you there? Yes. Martin stands up and everything is black again. No, no, not again. Martin screams in fear and frustration. Let there be light. A bright light in the shape of a rectangle appears in front of him, almost like if a door has been opened. A shadowy figure can be seen when he looks towards the light. His heart beats fast, the adrenaline kicks in, he wants to run again. The more he fears, the brighter the light. Martin, it's me. He hears Ben say, as everything around him is lit up with light. He sees Ben, differently than usual, with a long dark blue silk cloak and a matching outfit in the same color and material. On his head, a dark blue crown made out of wood. In the shape of an unfinished triangle, with a giant triangle hole in between. He looks so unusual, rather elegant, as of royalty. He's so different, is it really him? Ben slowly approaches him and starts to speak. Martin, it's over now. There will be no more pain. You are free now. I swear. Martin is scared, he doesn't know what to think, what to feel. He slowly backs away, the more Ben approaches him. It's okay, remember? Convinced that Martin borrowed us away. Ben tries to calm him, but Martin is even more confused. What's happening, Ben? Where am I? What did it go through? Can I trust you? Martin asks with fear. Martin, who do you think I am? Is it because of my outfit do you hate blue? Are you a little anti-blow activist, just as Martin who let yourself go? Martin giggles which then turns into sobbing, collapsing to the floor. Which is rude considering that Ben made a rather funny joke. But maybe it could be just a normal mental breakdown, because he cannot comprehend the sudden change from suffering to safety. But to be honest, I don't really care. Like, get nay nay ed dude. I am a text-to-speech voice, I never gave a shit about anyone LMFAO. Though, I do have to admit. This story is very weird indeed. Pretty sure, Martin will hand the scriptwriter a restriction order. Lemfau, suck to be you, scriptwriter. Ben comes down to Martin and puts his hand on his back. Bestie, it's not that deep. And make it real, I tell you. Martin laughs again and jokingly responds while wiping of his tears. Hey, hey, I'm crying over here. Yeah, I don't want that. You have been in the dark for too long now. I want you to finally be free. Ben responds, hugging him. Now follow me, Pardus awaits. Wait, where are we going? Well, the afterlife. Dummy my afterlife. To be exact. Why yours? What was this even? Well, the pre-death. Everyone comes here. First you must let go of your burdens. Please yourself before you can enter the eternal life. You were supposed to get to yours. But I've seen the suffering it gave you to get there. 
So I tried to convince the council to help you heal in mind. With success. Ben replies, helping Martin up. What's the catch? Trust you need to trust. But how? I don't even know what it's like. Peaceful, Martin. Peaceful. Just trust me on this. Martin nods and says. I've one more question. What's with the crown or whatever that is? Ben chuckles. I am the ruler. Ben creates a portal in front of them and guides him through it. Welcome to Shanglemort, capital of all Vodemort, the kingdom of peace. Martin sees futuristic buildings, flying cars, brinked sunshine, trees everywhere, all kinds of animals and in front of him, he sees a massive crowd of people, cheering for his arrival. Resting souls, meet your new friend, in darkness there is light, there is hope, hope will guide us to peace, peace will establish unity, unity will create life, the cycle of birth, life, death, and rebirth shall guide us all to salvation, salvation is the only truth. This is the cycle of the cosmos. This is the cycle of the gods. This is the cycle of life. Resting souls, prepare yourselves for your new friend. We will help him heal, for in this life we are one. We are family. Unity. The crowd cheers and Martin smiles. He will heal. To be continued. Perhaps it's genetic. It's so puzzling. Now I'm no detective. From my perspective